Hello and welcome to For the Love of Beer podcast. I am Phil Sobey, joined as always by my good friend Mark Harley-Johnson. Hello, good evening, guten tag, bonjour and moyen to you. Moyen to you. Uh, we are uh, coming to you again from the Hardy Johnson Skypod. Yeah, it's the new recording venue. The new digs. Mm. And, well, we have a bucket list beer that obviously we've teased with a little bit of a preview because um, we had our, our man in Luxembourg. Man on the ground. Man on the ground. Boots yeah. on the ground in Europe. How exciting. And now you're back. I am. But... That, that journey seemed to, to come at a, a bit of a... Well, let's just say that it, it was a tumultuous journey home. It didn't go too well. So, on the way out there, overnight in Paris on the Saturday night, all well and good, train was bang on time on the Sunday morning, got over to Luxembourg, gave you a FaceTime, all well and good, went to football, which I'll come back to later on. All good, and a cracking afternoon, a few beers on the Sunday night, met a new friend in... Um, in Luxembourg, English guy behind the bar, yeah. fantastic, all good. Did what I wanted to do on the Monday morning, went and picked a couple of things up, had a bit of a wander around, took some pictures, you know, as you do. I thought, right, going to go and get the train up to Brussels an hour early. So I was getting the Eurostar, train up to Brussels and then Eurostar yeah. back home, all good. I thought, right, I'm going to go an hour early, I'll have a couple of beers in Brussels, just see something different, well, I'll see a different bar basically. So heading back up towards the railway station, which was close to my hotel, mm-hmm. and you sort of have to go past that to go, then go and pick my bags up, all good. So to walk past the station, and like, everyone seemed to be standing outside, it just looked a bit odd, like there was an evacuation going on, I thought, maybe there was a fire alarm or something, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. So anyway, goes around the corner um, to go and pick my bags up, I said to the lady behind the desk, you know, what's going on around there? Um, and anyway... Google. Um, yeah, there's a bomb. Oh, right, okay. Anyway, it turns out, long story short, um, there is some building work going on over the road from Luxembourg Railway Station at Buchler Bridge. Um, and during said building work earlier that morning, they were digging the obviously the earth out and they found a World War Two bomb. Unexploded. Unexploded, thankfully, yes. Yeah, so... What they had to do, they closed all the roads off. So basically, I picked all my bags up and got back round towards the railway station. I thought, you never know if trains might sort of kick off again. I'll get going as soon as I can and get the Eurostar. And there was another Eurostar after it. Anyway, as it turns out, I missed both of them and ended up having to overnight in Brussels. Um, So I sat outside Luxembourg railway station for about five or six hours, waiting for this bomb disposal team to (laughs) do the deed. Um, there we go. So it says here, construction teams working on the extension of the tram. There we go, across the Buchler Bridge, and alerted authorities after discovering the bomb. Um, so the tram ceased operating. Actually, so I got a tram to the other end of the city um, just before I'd gone back to put my bags up, and the tram kicked everyone out. Maybe that was why. Half, well, it was. Yeah. So halfway back, like sort of towards the railway station, and everyone sort of got off. But then a few people stayed on. Obviously, the announcement was in German, so I didn't have a clue what was going on. I just thought, oh, fuck it, I'll just walk up. Um, anyway, it turns out that was obviously why, because the area had been completely evacuated. So, um, so sat about for six hours, and that's before you even 
Yep. Got a chance to go to Brussels. Yep. So it says here, the bomb was destroyed in a control explosion. Police confirmed shortly before 5pm and traffic began to pick up around 6pm. So what I then did was then there was, I think there was three more direct trains going up to Brussels. So that was six o'clock. So there was a, a quarter past six. If, so the ten past six got cancelled, but there was a quarter past six where I could get to, I think it was Liege in Belgium, and then change there. But there was like a five-minute connection. So this, the platform is obviously heaving because all of Luxembourg has been evacuated. Um, train didn't turn up for about another 40 minutes, so obviously I'd missed the connection in Liege. Anyway, so I wrote that one off. Managed to find out that the the next one, so I think this must have been seven o'clock by this point. The ten past seven from Luxembourg to Brussels was running, but it's a three and a quarter hour journey. So, you know, I've been on the go all day and I'm knackered by this point. Um, anyway, so train leaves on time. Oh well and good. Off we go up to towards Brussels. So we got about an hour into the journey and the train starts crawling like twenty on mile an hour for probably about ten or fifteen minutes. Pulled into a station, one of the scheduled stops, like, pulled into the station, sat there for about another 10 minutes, and then this announcement sort of comes on, then everyone, you know, in time time honoured fashion, everyone sort of gets up, gets the bags, and I'm sitting there looking around, no idea what's going on, because I can't speak the lingo. There wasn't um, like a ripple of, oh, for fuck's sake, in Flemish. There, there probably was, <laughs> I didn't, well, I didn't hear it, um, I sort of sensed there was something going wrong, um, so yeah. Got up and I asked the, the lovely train conductor lady um, what was going on. Anyway, she didn't speak English, so this guy had to transfer, uh, translate for me. He just said, train broken. Another, basically, there's another train in an hour on the other platform. So we had to stand out in the cold for an hour, well, 40-odd minutes by this point. Um, in the middle of Belgium, I couldn't even tell you now where it was, to be quite honest with you. I'll have to have a look at my pictures to see, but... That was us, standing in the middle of Belgium. So I got to Brussels for about half past 11, I think it was. Went and checked into a hotel, which I'd had to pay for, obviously, yeah. on top. Um, stayed there, it was right over the road from the railway station, fortunately. Stayed there until about half past seven in the morning. Absolutely knackered. Got up for the Eurostar. Boarded, all good, ready to go on time. And then announcement comes over. Um, Firstly in French, then in German, and then finally in English. So everyone else knew what was going on before me. So there was lots of tutting and sighing, and mm. everyone's clearly like, oh, <laughs> um, But I was sitting in the corner, blissfully unaware of what was... Well, I knew, obviously, something was happening, but unaware of what was going on. And then, anyway, it turns out they couldn't shut one of the doors on the train. So they faffed around with it for about 20 minutes. Um, eventually decided they were going to have to reboot the train having tried turning it off and on again <laughs> um, so anyway the reboot did work thankfully and that was it so we left Belgium another hour late got back to London went to walk down to Euston because there was a train in about 10 minutes or 15 minutes something like that went to walk through the underground and there was a tube strike so they'd shut the concourse so you couldn't even walk out of St Pancras the normal way at that <laughs> point I thought do you know what this is not my day. Why am I rushing to try and get a train? Let's go for a pint. And that's what we did. Well, that's what I did anyway. So, on that note, I had heaving bags full of the bucket list beer, 
Boffording. Boffording from Luxembourg. So, and we are about to drink the fruits of your, I was going to say loins then, labour. <laughs> that would be, that'd be a totally different experience. So Thank there we go. So uh, was it a 330ml bottle, 4.8%. So it's nearly in the sweet spot, isn't it? Oh, we get to, I get to decant it into a Boffording glass, which, yes. you, have, which you have lent me. Um, Brought said glass back from the same venue as our preview. I had to. Um, I've done a shit job pouring this. You are. Carry on. Job. Um, so I, I brought it back from the same venue as our preview episode. Um, I tried to get another couple more as well, but obviously failed. So just to go along with the. Um, oh yeah, got some beer mats. The as immersive, well. some immersive experience. Yeah, yeah, I brought some beer mats with it. So there we go. Happy day. So. Yeah, we're in bottles. What a beautiful bottle it is as well. It's lovely. I mean, minimalist in the sense that there's not much in the terms of label. There's a neck label, but there's no main label. They're letting the bottle do the talking. The bottle does the talking because you've got this lovely sort of embossed logo on the front of the bottle. And then this sort of like um, dotted sort of ribbed, ribbed for your pleasure on the back, <laughs> um, which I've not seen on a beer bottle before. There's lots of embossing going on. There's a massive Boffording logo on the front, isn't there? There's another small one on the back of the bottom. All the ribbed pleasure. It's a beer wow. that's had a lot of effort put into it, I think. You did a mini review of this on draft, obviously, when you did your little preview while you were out in Luxembourg. Yes. Um, that we did. Uh, so, is this your first um, time comparing to the draft, or have you been dipping into your stash since um, back? No, this will be my first bottled, or canned for that matter, Yeah. Um, taste of this. So, on the way back, I, I, I'd already bought some... Um, Cronenberg from Paris so I was drinking that while I was out there I thought I don't want to ruin you know, sort of dip into my stash basically yeah um, so that was that pardon me so there we go what do you think it's nice <laughs> <laughs> so I know that's like <laughs> and that's our show um, excellent review yeah. uh, no it's pleasant I'm just personally it's quite it's quite it's quite light. It's a bit gassy because I pretty much first sip and I was yeah. straight away. Indeed. But it's pleasant. It tastes lighter than the four point eight percent. It does. Yep. It tastes. It tastes a bit uh, a bit lower than that. It's got some nice flavour to it though, hasn't it? It has. Yeah. It's nice. Um, um, you you were you were quite keen to sort of consider putting this among your elite. And that was experience on the draft. Uh, my first taste, I, I wouldn't put based on the bottle. I wouldn't be doing that. Okay. However, mm. I think it's I think it's solid. I think it is. I think it's solid. A decent beer. It's much better than some of the efforts that we've had recently, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, well, our last bucket list beer was um, Medalla, wasn't it, from Puerto Rico? Yeah. Not this is nicer than that by far. But then it's you know it's a pills. It's a it's a. Europe, you know, it's in our wheelhouse of the kind of thing that we like. Indeed, yeah, definitely. So Luxembourg, so as we were saying just a few moments ago, this is the sort of bottle that's had a lot of effort put into it, no expense spared. Do you know what, I don't even know if it was that expensive um, to buy. So your glass is... Was it 30... Uh, so yeah, 300ml 300ml glass, right. So that was three euros for... If you ask for a bit, well... Right, so going into any sort of sort of cafe bar out there, that cost you three euros. That's reasonable-ish, because it's you think about it, right, isn't it? Yeah, it's about what half. Well, it's not quite half a pint, is it? 
but I suppose a pint nowadays you could be paying a fiver for a pint around here and if you're sort of yeah. in like London area you could pay like seven quid a pint so different beers obviously but so it's probably 250 260-ish something like that isn't it so that's actually probably not too bad because Luxembourg is one of those weird places isn't it, where it's more of like a it's a country but it's more like a big city isn't it more like a city that's kind of um, it's not, there's not much to it is there I don't know how big it is size wise it's not a big population is there um, no 525,000 population so that's about the, that's about the size of I don't know North, what Iceland-ish not quite sure population about the same as Iceland or like Northampton Northampton's about 400,000 people there's you your comparison of Northampton size. It's a bit like Northampton, but bigger, a bit more people in it. So Luxembourg itself, obviously, is a country. And Luxembourg capital is Luxembourg. Weird. It's like, call, I mean. it is, it's like it's, you calling your son Phil. Yeah. What, like, well, well, no, because then Luxembourg, the city would be Luxembourg Junior. The capital of Luxembourg would be Luxembourg Junior. Very good point, yeah. Um, so, Which would make like, more sense that would be better than just calling it Luxembourg. It would, yeah. Luxembourg City, it's known as, though, so... Right, a bit like Mexico City being the capital yeah. of Mexico. So that's, I suppose that's a theory yeah, okay. behind it. Yeah. Uh, but as a place to go, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Really nice. It's not a great deal to do there, in my opinion. Um, so I had probably 48 hours there in the end, after yeah. the situation. Um, I felt like I'd done enough. There was lovely little cafe bars and... Plenty of little, you know, places to have a beer. Yeah. Bofferding umbrellas and signs everywhere. You could easily get on it. I mean, it. it is the main beer, isn't it? That is like there. Yeah. There's not There's not any other that I'm aware of that's, no. that's from there. Um, there were a couple of um, local type beers, but I can't just remember what they were called. Um, you'll have to leave that with me, but... Um, it's not that important. But yeah, that was it's pretty much everything you get there. I don't so, think there was a great deal of other choice, to be quite honest with you. I mean, this is the weird, This is the first experience for us, really, where we've been able to do an episode and do a beer, where you've literally been to the... You've literally just yeah. gone to the country where the beer was from. Yeah. Um, maybe one day we'll get to do one where we're both, like, we'll both do a bucket list beer in the actual country I'd that it's from. I'd love to do that, That yeah. would be something it to... It would be amazing. That would be something to do. So a little bit of admin there. Um, so... Your experience of Luxembourg, because Luxembourg is positioned sort of between other countries and the languages are all mixed in. Yeah. Would you, what other, what country, sort of surrounding country would you say it's the most like? Is it more German or more French or more Belgian? See, that's a confusing thing. There's no real logic to any of it. So you look online and they'll say it's a French and German cuisine. Yeah. And it's just a mixture. And I said to my friend behind the bar, um, I don't really understand because it, it took me a while to dawn on it on me. Like he sounded English, I couldn't quite get along with it. But anyway, it turns out he was born, um, born and raised in Croydon, and then moved as a child out to Luxembourg, and he's been all over the world. Anyway, um, I said to him, I don't really understand what people, what language people speak because you'll go somewhere and it'll be French, and the next one will be German, and then the next one along there will be Luxembourgish. Yeah. And then someone else will speak English. Most of them do speak English. Yeah. And there's just no real logic to it. The English there isn't great, actually. You'll, you'll go Paris or whatever. 
and the English is always really good, where it wasn't there, it was a little bit difficult. I mean, they should all speak our language, obviously. <laughs> but it was embarrassing, because you sort of go into places, and quite often, going back to Paris, you'll go there and people will just instinctively speak English to you, whereas they don't there. Or pretend not to know it and be rude to you. Yeah. Whereas they don't there, they'll, a lot of it was French. But I guess they're not really so used to... I guess they kind of keep themselves to themselves. They're not probably used to having, you know, much tourism. It's not in terms a massively of, tourist place. Like no. you, you'll get European tourism, but not necessarily like as much British tourism. Because why would you go to? I mean, obviously you, you went for a reason. But why would you go to Luxembourg when you can go to Germany or France or, or you know Italy or wherever? Yeah, and that's exactly what I said to him. I was like, why do you live and work? Like it's behind the bar. Like mm. why do you live and work here? He said, well, why not? Fair enough. But it wasn't quite what I was getting at. Yeah. Um, but. It's a beautiful place to live. But did you know it is the second richest country in the world behind Qatar? Really? Yeah, per capita. Per, capita. per person, yeah. Second richest country in the world, even above Monaco. Wow. Places like that. Um, well, is Monaco, again, does that include... Monaco's a bit they, an odd one, isn't Yeah, because it? it's like a principality or something. Yeah. It's a bit, it gets a bit weird. Yeah. So... Yeah. Did it look affluent then? Was everyone like driving around in like flash cars and? So interestingly, you, you mentioned did it about come cars. Come that way when you were there. It's also the highest rate of car ownership in the world: six hundred and forty-seven cars per thousand people. But I didn't get that feeling. There was wasn't a great deal of traffic there. I used quite a lot of buses. I, I don't like using foreign buses. I don't really understand them. Yeah. But in this case, I had to use it to get out to the football game that I went to see. Um. Never got stuck in traffic once. The trams roam freely. All public transport in Luxembourg is free. Trains, buses, trams, the lot, it's free. Didn't see a single taxi there. No need to use them, is there? No. Um, but the transport network is absolutely brilliant. It's not just token free, you know, like yeah. there's a few buses. There's fucking loads of them. They're everywhere. And they're free. They're free. Trams are every couple of minutes. They're all brand new. All the buses are all brand new. Really well kept. The city itself is absolutely spotless. I've never seen such a clean place. It's places like that. Place. There must be an amount of tax money that goes into pulling that off. But you sort of think of Luxembourg if it's you know one of those places that's really rich per capita. It's a tax haven, isn't you it? You always think, yeah, you always think the kind of places where you wouldn't really pay tax. So I wonder how that works. I don't, I don't really know. I think this um, free transport thing was actually done before COVID as well, so it can't be blamed or thanked for that. Yeah. Um, it's really weird. Have, have Luxembourg ever produced anyone famous? Like, properly famous? Um, I know a famous Luxembourgish footballer, Daniel Sinani, currently at Huddersfield, Norwich City. All right. Um, he's not very good, though. Uh, speaking um, of football... Yes. Like the segue. Yes. You went to a, you went to a game while you are out there. Was I it Han Benfica versus who? Uh, Mondorf Leban. And what was the score? Uh, it was 1-0, away win to Mondorf Leban. So... Well, you, you sort of um, were saying before that Han Benfica are absolutely dreadful with an absolutely dreadful goal difference. Yes. So for them to only lose 1-0... Shows how bad Mondorf are as I well. I suppose, but also maybe on the other hand, it's it's a bit of a sign of progress for Han Benfica. Yeah. Maybe, you know... So there are... Great escape could be on. 16 teams in the Luxembourg National Division. Yeah. Okay. Han Benfica are bottom of that with three points. <laughs> How many games played? 
Um, 20 games played. Three three points out of 20 games. They've won one. Lost 19. Three points. Goals four in those 20 games. 10. Okay. Okay. Goals conceded in those 20 games. 66. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a minus 56 goal difference. Um so it's not small for you though that I, 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 you were probably hoping you were going to see quite a few goals probably in the other teams I thought that yeah. Mondorf were going to hammer them but yeah. actually so Mondorf are now 10th obviously they picked up that win there and they've won again since then so they're on 25 now but they were only on 19 points so actually if they hadn't won their last two games Mondorf would be third bottom wow so they're what not play for in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the table then. mid table yeah mm-hmm. so Mondorf scored I think it's about fifth or sixth minute or something like that um, and I text my mate saying if this game is on bet 365 chuck a ton on it for an away win because yeah. there's no way Han Benfica were ever going to score a goal in that game but I thought after that first one went in you're thinking right it's going to be a goal fest here yeah. um, but it wasn't they just sort of eased off you know eased off the gas rested themselves for the next game I assume I don't know maybe um, it was yeah maybe there's fixture congestion they kind of think yeah let's, let's ease yeah. off here and let's just think about the next game and yeah. think ahead long term so the game after which was yesterday was um, they won 2-0 at home against Wiltz so and what, how did Han Benfica get on in the last game Han Benfica I shall soon tell you um, so they also played 20 um, they lost 4-0 away at Etzela Ecklebrook. Mm. Um, Back to normal then. Etzela, who are 13th in the table. So, not much better, again. Anything um, else of interest with Luxembourg? That sta- stadium that yeah. I went to. Yeah. Really small. Not much to it. Basically, sort of one block with changing rooms, but the block... It was like a beautiful... Oh, I saw you took a picture of that, like oh. a little pavilion. Yeah, oh, it was super, nice. really, really good. So, um, 10 euros to get in, a bit expensive, if I'm mm. quite honest with you. Um, but anyway... No food either? Well, he did. I had a hot dog. Oh, they did? Well, I asked for a hot dog, and he just looked at me, he's like, we don't do hot dogs. Well, it's a sausage in a, in a roll. Yeah. It's For all intents and purposes, it's a hot dog. Anyway, it was a... Whatever German, see this averse. is averse. It was averse. So that's it. So now we're going into German mm. stuff here, um, but it was shit. Was it? Yeah, I was hoping some really good scram, but it was dreadful. So as it turns out, I then sent said picture to at Footy Scram on yeah. Twitter, hoping we could get a bit of traction, um, and they replied to me saying that was the third picture of food they'd had from that very game. What? Yeah. Honestly, there was three, I presume ground hoppers, like the same as me, all at that game. So before the kick, well, in fact, during the game, actually, I counted how many people were there. Yeah. I think it was in the 70s. Right. So few people there, but there was at least three there that were ground hopping, well, me and two others. How mad's that? That's crazy. Isn't it just? Small world. Isn't it just? What else have we got? Anything else of interest? Um. So we've done that, done that. Uh, first EU leader... Um, to partake in same-sex marriage okay. in 2015. So it's a really forward-thinking country. Yeah. So the year before, um, the country voted to accept it. Yeah. All well and good. Uh, 2015, Xavier Bettel married his husband. Don't know what his name is. Um, award-winning wines, apparently, while I was there. I should have drunk, drunk a lot of wine, but I didn't know about it. 
Even if I did. Why drink wine when you could drink beer? Yeah, and that's what I did. Mm. Um, so I had a few... Uh, devastatingly, going back to Ham Benfica, um, all they had, beer-wise, was mini bottles of Superbop, which usually I'd be quite happy about, but I was really wanting some buffering. Yeah, but to be uh, fair, I actually think I prefer Superbop to this. Do you? Yeah, I do. Oh, I like Superbop, though. I'm, yeah, I'm you're a fan, of, aren't you? I'm a big fan of it. Not so to, na- you know, not to slag this off or anything, I just, you know. So National Day is the 23rd of June. It's in celebration of the Grand Duchess of Luxembourg, Charlotte. Uh, but, however, her actual birth is the 23rd of January. But obviously the weather's shit in January, so they yeah. changed it um, for the better weather. So 23rd of June. They Do that for the Queen, don't they? Big celebrations. Yeah, that's it. Two birthdays oh, and all that business. Um, um, so, yeah, so they have all fireworks and, you know, all sort of kicks off and all that sort of stuff, so... Uh, but it's a great little trip. I really, really enjoyed it. Apart from the journey home. Apart from the journey home. It's... Do you know what made it worse, if I'm quite honest, was having a suitcase that was like, weighed what seemed to be, by the time I got home, about two tonne. Because it's full of, rammed full of cans and bottles. But the thing is, we've got listeners that were relying on, on you. We have. And I've not sent them out yet, actually. So maybe by the time it gets to them, they might be able to listen to yeah. this episode while... While drinking it. Yeah immerse themselves in the experience it's been a long it's, it's nice to finally get a hand on it because it's been a long road because there, there was one point where I was convinced I'd nailed it because I had yeah a couple of um, friends Liverpool supporters who were living who were living in um, Bordeaux but one of them actually works and travels across to Luxembourg so it was like put the feelers out can you sort it out yeah great got the beer packaged it sent it and then it got lost in transit mm. Um, and never, never turned up. So I felt really, really guilty, you know, because they, they'd, you know, they bought it and they, they were paying for the postage. I didn't pay for any of it. So I felt really guilty going back and asking for them to send it again. But I did <laughs> because we're desperate. Um, so I did ask again, and then they never got around to sending out again. So and sort of just it sort of died in its ass. So one of them things, isn't it? But finally here, um, barbecue beer. Thoughts? I'd, I'd say so. Definitely, I think it's a solid barbecue. I beer. think so. I think one thing I would say about this um, is that it definitely feels like an all-year-round type beer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In that it's pretty versatile to barbecue, versatile lager for like barbecue season, and also you know you could happily drink this in colder weather, kind of like we are now. Hmm. Yeah. So I was sitting on the streets of Luxembourg City. Lovely winter sun, really, really nice. I was sitting on the streets quite happily with my coat on. Knocking a few back, but I can imagine sort of July, August time. Equally happy sitting you know, under on an umbrella in the shade. I mean, it's knocking it's a few back for smooth, three hours. It's smooth. It's nice to drink. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a solid barbecue beer. Now, the ambassador. Now, this is where I think it gets interesting, because now while I wouldn't put this in some of the in the tier of some of the ambassador level beers that we've had. Sometimes it's not just the taste of the beer, it's where it's from. And Luxembourg is a very ambassador friendly country. It is, isn't it? It's yeah. very much the kind of, you know, potentially dark it's money, tax exile. In the world. Yeah. A lot of movers and shakers. Very good point. And it's sort of one of them where the ambassador would probably consider something like this um, to some of these people as kind of a, a, a taste of home. Yeah. And also, um, 
a kind of, uh, as far as Europe goes, probably one of the more exotic... Exotic's the wrong word, maybe, but sort of more um, exclusive European destinations, obviously. It presents itself well as well, particularly yeah. in a bottle. And this is not accessible or commonly drank by the hoi polloi. No. You know, it's not really exported, is it? Although, weirdly, well, America have it, don't they? Yeah, there's a bottle in USA, isn't there? And, and they're really good on social media, the messages for you, so I'm Yeah, um, but you just can't get hold of it over here, and no. I don't know why. It's middle of, like, literally central Europe. You just can't get it in Britain. Is it, are they, are really they don't know why. Are they owned themselves? We've probably could have done with the research in natural beer. Are they actually own themselves or are they one of them where it's like an inbev type situation? Because sometimes that's what prevents it from getting out further, isn't it? I will suspect. Because if it's like a Carlsberg or an inbev. Own home. Own. You think they're in-house? Home. It's all, I would all under think their own. so, yeah. I'm just looking on it. I've just Googled it now and it's actually come up on Beers of Europe. Obviously it's out of stock, but. I'd be fuming if they had ended up. <laughs> After all that. Right, Brasserie Nationale is the largest brewery in Luxembourg based in Basse-Charage. They also export to Belgium, France, China and since 2014, the United States. They brew beer under the brand name Boffording and since taking over in 2004 Batam, which was the other one that I tried while I was out there. Right. Um, which is absolutely fantastic. It's a Gambrinos type of beer. Yeah. So remember we drank Gambrinos from the Czech Republic? I do remember that, in the plastic um, bottle. Yeah. So it turns out Gambrinos is actually a type of beer. It was like a... I thought it was going to be an ale, but it wasn't. It was just like a flat lager. It was really nice. Um, so the Brasserie Nationale was born in 1975 from the fusion of two breweries, the Brasserie Bofferding, founded by Jean-Baptiste Bofferding in 1842, and the Brasserie Funk Brisha. In 1764. Um, so it's located in the Grund district in Luxembourg City. Um, Brasserie National, blah, blah, blah. 2004, it was bought. Uh, oh, that's about Batam. Um, it's, yeah, it's basically it's, it's owned, own, owned, I think. Okay. So that um, might explain a little bit in terms of maybe why it's because of its scale, it's probably not as easy for it to distribute. Yeah. Far and wide, perhaps we'll let them off. But it's certainly one. If it was like I came across it in a supermarket aisle, I'd drink it again. Oh, you'd give it a go. I would drink it again, definitely. Because, like I say, it's it's a it's a great like casual just beer to have stashed in your fridge. Yeah. Any time of year. Kind of like Superbock, in my opinion, but not as good. In that kind of thing, all weathers, it's it can just sit there. I could I could be I could drink that in any mood. Yeah, I'm with you. Versatile. It is versatile. Waffly versatile. Definitely. I like the taste of it, personally. I think We've had a lot of bland beers, but I think this is not one of them. Um, no, it's not. It's pleasant. Um, I think to some, some might find it bland, but then it depends on your palate. We're, we're like big lager drinkers. We don't really go in for much in terms of like other ales and things. Yeah. People with maybe a more complex and sophisticated palate than us might think it's boring or might think it's you know pretty ordinary yeah i think it's pleasant i think it's an, i think it's a nice pleasant beer i think it's really solid really solid definitely a recommend in terms of uh, as a as a you know if you can get your hands on it yeah it's just very difficult to get so i've got a question to pose to you oh go on um do you think there are more doors or more wheels in the world. I that's fu- funny you asked me that because <laughs> my uh, I was to- I was I, I was uh, yesterday I was sat in the kitchen with my wife yesterday. Feel free to join in, by the way. <laughs> Before I get to my answer, 
I was sat in the kitchen with my wife yesterday, and uh, and she was talking about something, and I'm on my phone. I'm basically doing. I'm but not really listening to her. And then uh, she made a comment about what you know. Can we at least have a conversation to be staring at your phone? And I was like, fine. So I like, put my phone to one side, and I asked her that question because I'd see I'd seen it. I'm seeing I'd seen it where you'd seen it, and it got me thinking. <laughs> so I think there are more doors than wheels and the reason why i thought that was first i thought well vehicles vehicles to homes arguably you've got more vehicles because of things like lorries and buses and all that kind of stuff all that accumulates and all the other other sort of industrial type stuff that has wheels and, and and other types of vehicles bikes and all of that accumulate all of that but then i think well the average home probably has at least well, say half a dozen to a dozen doors, and then True. and then you go from that. So even if you're like a two car household, that's eight wheels. Yeah, and then maybe ten if you've got a push bike. What about your suitcases in the attic? Oh, small wheel. Oh. Yeah, I'm still sticking what with a, doors. What about your vacuum cleaner? It depends on your vacuum cleaner. Ours has got wheels. What if you've got one of those like Dyson ball things? Ooh, it's not really that's wheel, not a wheel. That's a ball. It's not a wheel. That is a good point, yeah. And I suppose, like, the scroll on your mouse, that's, that's a wheel. Mm. I didn't think about this enough. Yeah, you see, now this opens it right up, doesn't it? But then doors, you think about doors, think about um, multi-storey buildings and, yeah. and sit in cities. Office blocks. Office blocks, etc. Supermarkets. Doors shop. upon doors upon yeah. doors upon Correct. doors. We've Loads got a bifold door right behind you there. Is that one door or is it three? That's three doors. Hang on. It's a three pane door. Uh, well, actually, mm. I would say or it's is it a door. Two? It classes as a door if it has a handle or a push bar type thing. Mm. So I would say, mind you, is a door is a door still a door if it doesn't have a a handle or a or a way or a means of. So one of them has got. So, right, so what about three saloon pins? doors? Those doors that open in on themselves, you know, like two doors. Does that, that count? That's two doors. Yeah, of course it does. Two it's doors, door, isn't it? Shed doors, garage doors. Yeah. There's so many. There's a lot of different types of doors. Complexities to this. It's not just car wheels, which is that was my instinct. So well, I was, think, I was thinking cars, vehicles. Lorries. I was so thinking was I. vehicles. So was now I. it's yeah. like, actually, but then you open it up, don't you? Yeah, you do. Um, and now it's now I'm kind of escalators not, not as have got wheels on you know like on the edge where they're pulling the pulley thing round they've got wheels on them yeah but they're not got. a visible wheel but it's still a wheel it, no or is it a cog Depending well that's the, the thing cogs you've then got cogs gears and pulleys that type of thing exactly that are kind of wheel type things but yeah. are they are they what makes a wheel a wheel. Is it going to be completely smooth all the way around? I would say so, yeah. I mean, a cog's a cog. The cog's got coggy bits It's interlocking. It. Yeah. So With something I'd, else. I discount cogs. I'll give you that. Toy cars. Exactly. There you go. I think there's more wheels in the world. But then toy cars have got doors on them. Oh, the vehicles have doors. Unless it's a bike or a motorbike. So now it's like... Now, now it's like you can't have... Well, now I'm starting to think doors, because 
because for most majority of your vehicles, say it's your vehicle in your home, yeah, or homes have that a certain amount of doors, yeah, then your vehicle will have four wheels, but then it could have four doors, five doors, including your boot. So all of a sudden, you take your average your motor cars and your doors actually outweigh your wheels, and apart unless you've got a spare in the boot, in which case you break even. What about the glove box door? But exactly, there we go. There's just there's other, but is that a door? I don't know. Like cupboards. That's a cupboard. Yeah, they're doors, definitely. Got a handle. Cupboard. They're definitely doors. I'm I'm going with doors. The more I think about it, the more <laughs> I think that there are more doors in the world than wheels. That's really difficult, isn't it? What was Hannah's thoughts on this? Uh, she she didn't have she she really wasn't interested. Did she regret asking you to talk to her? Well, no. I think <laughs> she just she wanted to have a she wanted to talk sort of you know admin-y type stuff as you do in a marriage mm. and I, I really wasn't interested and but she also wasn't interested in having a you know I'd say this is more interesting personally uh, well yeah what would so you rather you're... talk about this or your gas bill mm. do you know what I mean so you're going doors you're edging for doors I'm going no I'm I'm fully I, I'm I'm fully on the side of doors see now I'm going for wheels I do believe there are more wheels in the world. When you take account of um, like toy cars and that sort of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, I suppose. But that, yeah, but, but again, there's doors. Unless yeah. it's those toy cars where the doors don't open out, in which case they're not actually doors. Because unless you can physically open it, even if it looks like a door, unless you open it, it's not a door. It's still a door though, surely. No, I don't think it counts. Right. So like a diecast toy car where the doors are just kind of like, they don't actually come out. They're just like, um, like you've got that plant pot there, which is the, which is the Robin Reliant from. Yeah. So that's not a door. So that, cause that's not a door because you can't actually open it. I agree. But a toy car, quite a lot of them, you can pull the door open, can't you? But that counts as a door. Yeah, I agree. But there's plenty of them that don't do that. That don't open. At New York Nixon on Twitter, my mates and I are having this stupidest debate and I am here for it. Do you think there are more doors or wheels in the world? And there's 223,000 people voted. 54% have gone wheels. Really? Yeah. The vote's now closed, unfortunately. So I feel like I'm on the wrong side of history. It's like Brexit all over again. are you, though? Like, who knows? I really don't know. It needs someone. It needs someone somewhere to do some sort of you know like these people that that permanently in academia and never mm. want a real job do like a sample that, that, that does like a thesis on it yeah it's those kind of people it's those kind of people that just that that would look into that sort of thing and do a uh fridge doors so there we go see all you're doing is coming up with more and more doors in the world and not wheels and yet you're well, still saying wheels well then there's wheels on the um cabinets on the cabinets and on the um, like the the tray you pull out with the veg. Oh yeah. And to be fair, a lot of drawers have wheels on the inside as well, don't they, for the runners? Yeah, ours have. Yeah, very good point. Oven door. Yeah, that counts. There's so many things that so many doors that this covers that it's it's not a subject that can be covered in ten minutes, is it? Mm. There's so many things to consider. There really are. It's funny as well because if you think about it, there's not a lot really that separates doors and lids, except a, li- a lid faces up 
and a door faces out. Yeah, a lid sort of keeps things in, whereas doors are really there for convenience. And a lid, a lid is always it. vertical. A door is always horizontal. Mm. Or sometimes doors that look like or like a like a loft. That's not a door, is it? That's a hatch. Not a door because it's not because it's because it's, it's vertical. It? It's not horizontal. Interesting. Mm. 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 Two for thought. So yeah, do please let us know what your thoughts on this this debate are. So back to the beer. We'd like to know. I think we've glided past the fact that we're going to score it in a minute. But I think yeah. we've glided past the fact that that somehow this beer has conspired to be barbecue approved and ambassador approved, which is rare. It is. That does not, not happen often. With it, but that's the thing. But I, but I cannot deny that it meets both. I think it meets both criteria. Yeah. And yet I'm not in love with the beer. I um, feel quite strange about that. Mm. Should we rate it? I thought you'd like it more than you did. I do like it, but I don't love it. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing. I yeah. like it, but I don't love it. Only because there's other things I can compare it. Like Superbox, that is for me is that classic eight out of ten beer that. I really like to drink. See, I'm not a massive fan of Superbox, so... For me, it's like a go. really good 8 out of 10, like, can set my watch to that beer. Um, and I think if out of the two, what would I rather drink? I'd rather drink Superbox. And for that, and uh, you know, without spoiling my rating, I can't give it an 8, so it's going to be below an 8. So if Superbox was in Home and Bargain, and there was... Uh, I don't know... Name another run-of-the-mill beer in Owen Bargain. Tiger. I'd definitely pick Tiger above that, 100%. Tiger's all right. It is all right. And in my opinion, better than Superbox. Superbox, just, it's just run-of-the-mill. I mean, it's all right, perfectly drinkable. But, eh, eh. just, eh. 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 Should we rate it? Let's rate it. Fingers. Right, fingers. Are we ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. So you've gone for a nine, and I've gone for a seven. So... I mean, that just gets it to eight. Are you, are you happy with an eight? I mean, in my opinion, I think that... It's, for me, it's more than an eight, but I understand why you don't appreciate it as a nine. My thing um, with it, my thing is, I think part of the disconnect is... Because we're not normally this far apart on a beer. Not recently, anyway. Not recently. Yeah. And I think part of the reason is that you've, you've been on this journey... You've been you've been to the country. You've drank the beer. You've drank it draft. Yeah. So you've already created I think that. that makes a difference. So you've yeah. already created that good early impression of it, and the that beer's and that, got a story for me. And that it? sentimental yeah. value, and that carries itself through. Whereas I don't have the same emotional attachment as you do because I I wasn't able to yeah. go on the journey that you like our friend from Barnsley. And, and part yeah, and part of me thinks, thank fuck for that because I, I didn't fancy that journey home at all. <laughs> um, so I think that's maybe where the disconnect is. Um, I think eight's a fair result for the beer. Yeah, I'd probably agree. Yeah. Because I think that 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 it is good. I think it's a worthy eight. It very I, worthy. It is a worthy eight. The only reason why I say why well, I couldn't give it an eight is just because of, for me, it's in terms of comparisons with others and how I kind of view it. But I can't argue against the fact that I can't really find too much fault with it. Um, I, I'll tell you what. I've, I've enjoyed it. It's when we nice. when we put this beer, this episode out, I'd like to see the people that we're going to send this beer on to. I'd like to see what their opinions are on this. Yeah, it'd be good because there's a few people who are kind of wait, that, that are waiting on it. That yeah, yeah, it'd be nice to see what they think of it and and 
whose sort of side they fall on. Some interesting debate to be had about this beer. I think, very, yeah. very, very. Right. Well, that that's pretty much going to be us for for uh, for the time being. Uh, Mark, where can people find us on the socials? That's FTLOB Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, send us a message, send us a DM. 20, 20 beers to go now, so if you can help us out with any of them. 20 beers, do. yes. One fifth of the list is left to go. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's going to be challenging from this point, as it has been for a while now, picking up these extra beers. So, obviously, anywhere or way that you can help in terms of um, contacts you might have. This partic- in particular, we've got Africa. We've got quite a few beers we need to scoop up in Africa, and also South America's quite heavy, isn't it? There's a there's one or two in South, well Central South America, and then you've got um, some sort of hard to reach bits of Asia, yeah, Tibet, Nepal. Mm. Um, just yeah, it's gonna get it's gonna get challenging for us, so we're gonna have to pull favors and try and find find some leads. So it's good that people are starting to travel again, though. So that Definitely, kind of yeah. that's gonna help us out, I think. Um, not least because we can potentially travel ourselves. Just glad that we did Ukraine when we did. I know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, yeah. I almost kind of wish that we could. Uh... Where did we get that from again? Was that an, was that an online job or was no, that it, to get that was, from a Polsky Sklep? It was my friend who knows the guy that used to be the um, work in the Ukraine embassy. Ah. Um, he was a, basically an ambassador for all intents and purposes in Ukraine. The ambassador. Yes, he's now in a different country. Well, I don't blame him. <laughs> so there you go. But yeah, we pulled a favour in there. We only had one one bottle. It was a good beer, though, from what I can remember. It, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, it was all right. Chuny, it's been so long now. Tuna Hivska. Yeah. And I heard it on the radio yesterday. It's now been bombed. So I, yeah, they're bombing the shit out of it. I don't think you're going to get that as of, anytime soon. As of the point of listening, not yeah. really sure. And anyone sure doing dual brew, I don't think you're going to get that either. Because that's also not brewed anymore. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's our show. Um... Stay safe, wherever you are. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back at some point. Probably extracurricular, unless by some miracle we land another bucket list beer in the next few weeks. Probably not. Who knows? <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. All I want to do is drink beer for breakfast. <laughs>